I love food. I have so many memories of like foods that I ate from when I was little, when we used to visit my grandma in Joss, when we used to visit my paternal grandma in Kaduna. There are so many memories tied to these things I've eaten, but no one really took the time to explain these things to me or share the history with me. It was, it was just food, right, that we were eating. So as I'm in college, I'm like, okay, I'm really getting into my Nigerian-ness. I'm loving this. I'm loving learning about this. And if I'm going to do this and collect money for it, well, I might as well learn how to do it properly. And that was really it. This is P. You're listening to Coffee and Banter, my podcast about stories of grit and resilience. This is an episode of Firsts, my first two-part episode featuring two guests. Today, I'm sitting with Toby and Bethany, co-founders of All I Do Is Cook and experts at enjoying life. We'll be talking about their business and one of my favorite things in the whole world, food. Good morning, Bethany and Toby. I'm super, super excited to have you both on my podcast this morning. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, How are you doing this morning? Hi, Visaya. Thank you so much for having us. I'm doing really well. And I'm excited to be here with you today. Hey, Fisaya, how are you doing? I'm doing really well today. It's been a great morning, really beautiful Saturday morning here in Houston, Texas. Really, really, really glad to be here finally to record this with you. Awesome. Okay, so let's do a little bit of an introduction. Who wants to go first? Maybe you tell us about like who you are, what are your interests, what are your passions? How do you introduce yourself to someone who met you for the first time? Okay, Toby. You go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Well, my name is Toby Smith, and for work, I'm the founder of All I Do Is Cook. Uh, personal life, I'm a food lover. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to explore just anything. I'm really, I'm a very curious person. Uh, also, I have a background in accounting and hospitality management, and you know, chopping life as well. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. All right. Well. My name is Bethany. I am the co-founder of All I Do Is Cook. And when I'm not doing that, I'm pretty much um, just living life. (laughs) (laughs) I I see a theme here. (laughs) The theme here in this family, in this business, in this household is that we don't like stress and we love to live life. So that's really what it is. That's awesome. Okay, Bethany, let's start with you. Let's go a little deeper. We had like a pre-call and we talked a little bit about, you know, your growing up years and what that looked like. Do you want to chat about that? Yeah, for sure. So I currently live in Houston, Texas. This is where I've lived for the past, I believe, 14 years. I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. I lived in Lagos for about two years. Then I moved to Abuja with my mom and my brother and that's kind of where I was till I was about 10 years old and then we lived a little bit in China and we lived a little bit in Dubai where I went to school for a few years and then when I was 12 years old we moved here to Houston where I went to high school college and you know started my career And I am here now in the food industry. (laughs) So that's kind of a little bit about my, I guess, my transition. That's interesting. 
How do you think you're having lived in different places? How do you think that has shaped who you are? And context behind it is I have a 10 year old child and I've kind of moved around with, with my kids a little bit. And one of the things that I always like, not worry, think about is how might the fact that they've lived on different continents and different countries give them like a different perspective to life versus, you know, someone who's lived in one place all their lives. Right. Um, I think for me, it really helped with being very open in terms of, I suppose, like flexibility and acceptance to people, cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, and just helping with learning. I think also that plays a big, big role into like my relationship with people and building community, keeping relationships, and I think food ultimately from traveling and experiencing different places, living on different continents and interacting with people from different backgrounds and cultures, I was able to really learn through food. And that kind of opened a lot of interest, I guess, in learning about cultures and the different foods. Awesome. What about challenges? Did you at any point find it challenging to either like settle down or settle in with, you know, folks who maybe will consider themselves locals in any of the places where you've grown? Yeah, I think there are always challenges when you're in new environments and new places, especially when you might feel like the other. But I think ultimately, if you show people that you're kind of somewhat interested in knowing more about them, and then you're also showing them that you're open to them knowing about you, over time, you kind of find your little, um, I guess, your little village or group of people and you kind of just settle into that and things become a little easier from there. But of course, the, the challenges, just like language barriers, just cultural differences and things of that nature will naturally come up. But as long as you're willing to do the work a little bit, it kind of just eases out a little you know, over time. Yeah. Toby, let's, let's come to you for, for the next one. Um, what about you? How did you grow up? What was your life like? What were your experiences like? I was born in Lagos, born into a family of clergy. My parents are uh, church, you know, church people. My dad's a pastor. And my dad got transferred from Lagos to Akure Undo State. So, you know, I lived there, went to primary school in Akure. And then some part of my secondary school, too, was in Akure as well. Then uh, close to finishing secondary school, uh, we moved again and then opened state. So I finished my secondary school at Bangkok University High School. Then, you know, went in for accounting at uh, Bangkok University. After that, then moved here to the U.S. to do a master's degree in hospitality and tourism management. So I'll say I've lived in Ondo State, I've lived in Lagos State, I've lived in Denton, Texas, Dallas area, and now I am in Houston. So I've kind of like been everywhere, but one thing that's been very, very, you know, synonymous with everywhere I've been, there's been a lot of Nigerians around me. Oh, that's interesting. And and you've moved around a lot too. Did you have similar experiences in terms of that being like learning to find your community as you've moved around, finding that that has helped you be more open and more accepting of people? Yes, definitely. That is like a huge thing 
thing for me because I'm a very outgoing person. I love to talk to people. I love to make friends with people and, you know, wherever they're from, whether they're Nigerian or Jamaican or Mexican, whatever it is. Um, I've lived in cities where there's been like a melting pot of cultures and just being that outgoing person, wanting to talk to people, showing genuine interest in them, in their lives and things that they are interested about. That's a very, very good way that has helped me be more accepting of a whole lot more people. And I've just realized that the more you speak to people or make friends with people from different walks of life, the broader your, you know, your points of views on so many other things and then you just know more, you learn more. So I think, yeah, that's something that's helped me a lot in growing up and in life. Interesting. So you mentioned accounting in Babcock and now you're like, you know, co-founder of this awesome food company. How did you transition from accounting to food? So I've always loved food. Uh, my mom is an amazing cook. My mom used to be a caterer. She used to deliver snacks to secondary schools in her career. She would make their snacks, deliver it for them to their talk shops. So I guess it's stuck from then. My dad also is a really, really good cook. My mom always says she got convinced to keep dating my dad because he was a really good cook. <laughs> yeah, so I think it runs in the family. But, you know, I started paying more attention to food when I was writing my ICANN exams. You know, my ICANN exams were pretty tough. So I started going to, coming over to the U.S. to do a work travel thing where I work in like a food service place or a retail space and then travel for one month after during the summers. So I started working at Dairy Queen and Panda Express and JCPenney at the same time. And, you know, it just piqued my interest. And I'm like, yeah, I know my mom used to be a caterer, but I hadn't seen the food business as organized as it is in, you know, the big companies like the Panda Expresses, the McDonald's, like it's such a high level of efficiency of organization. And, you know, I was like, you know what, I actually want to see how we can take whatever it is that we're doing and put such levels of efficiency behind it. After my degree in accounting and writing ICANN and not passing ICANN, I decided, you know, I think it's time for me to do something that I actually want to do and I'm interested in. So, you know, I speak to my parents, hey, I want to go do a master's degree in hospitality and tourism management just because I think uh, that's the best way to learn about the industry, not from the cliche, uh, Ketra, I want to do party rights, that kind of thing. My dad told my aunt, he wants to go and do hospital, and she was like, ah, Ophelo, Ketrin, in, in, that's Yoruba. But it means you want to go to America to go learn catering, and I was like, you know, that's not the limits to what hospitality management is. And, you know, that was how I made that switch, and I found that it was so much fun for me. Whenever I moved here, I went to University of North Texas, and it was, it was such an amazing program. Like, that's one of the best decisions I think I have made. And, you know, that's shaped where I am today in so many ways. Okay, awesome. Let's talk about, like, your college. What was that? Like, what did you do in college? How did you find your way to food? I guess my high school experience will kind of explain my college experience. So in high school, I was a big theater nerd. I did theater all four years of high school. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to college and I am going to go do theater. I'm going to be an actress and all this cool stuff. I literally just turned 16 right before I had 
graduated from high school. And so my family was, you know, they were like, you're too young. We don't want you to go too far. My dream college was to go to like Emerson College or you know, Boston College, Boston University, those were like my top choices. And I just couldn't go because they were kind of just, I guess, afraid that I was too young and we didn't really have any family members anywhere else there. So they were like, okay, do your one year here. After you do your one year, you're going to transfer and, you know, you can do whatever you want. But in terms of that majoring in theater, you cannot major in theater. <laughs> like, if you want to be an actress, you can, you know, hustle on the side and be an actress. But that's not what you're going to go to college for. I wouldn't say they were as strict as, oh, it has to be engineering or medicine or any of those kind of things. But Isha wasn't going to be acting or theater. And so I ended up settling for media production. For the first year, my parents were literally driving me. Our house was about an hour away from the University of Houston. I went to the University of Houston. So I would literally be getting dropped off in the morning and picked off as if I was still in high school. <laughs> and my stepdad would drop me off in the front of like the university center. <laughs> that was our pickup spot. I'll go to all my classes. If I had gaps in my schedule, I would be at the library. It was, it was the funniest thing. But after that first year, my mom's super fun and a little bit liberal. So she was like, you know, I would really like for you to experience college life. I want you to stay on campus and stay in the dorms, which I absolutely hated, by the way. And I was like, mom, why do you want this for me? I don't want this experience. But anyway, I stayed on campus in the dorms for like a semester or something. And I was like, nah, I can't do this. So me and a friend of mine got an apartment off campus, which was a lot more favorable and nicer. And that was when I started cooking. A few people at that time didn't really have access to Nigerian food just because all, like I said, we're all young and a lot of the Nigerian food is concentrated on the southwest side of Houston, which is like one hour, one hour, 30 minute drive from that side of town. Whenever they would want to get Nigerian food, they would have to plan a whole elaborate trip on how everyone's going to come to southwest Houston and go to a restaurant and all that kind of stuff. And I had a friend on there in college that was doing like a sporting event one day, thing like that it was a soccer event and they needed food. And so the friend of mine, his name's Toby Adams. I haven't spoken to him in such a long time, but I always refer to him and bring him up because he was really the first person that like pushed me and gave me confidence in like this cooking thing. So he was like, you know how to cook. I like your food. We're doing the sporting event. Please cater it. Then after a while, people would be coming to our apartment, me and my roommate, which is like one of my closest friends right now. Her name's Crystal. She was always cooking and sometimes I would cook. So people would come to our, our apartment and, you know, they'll come there, chill, have food. They didn't have to drive too far to get jollof rice and okra soup and things like that. I'm like, honestly, if I look back at it now, it was mediocre food that we were cooking, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it was good. They say half bread is better than none, right? So... And they were like, we'll take this half-assed jello fries and we'll, you know, we'll make do. But that was really the time that I started building confidence in my cooking because whenever me and Crystal didn't have energy to cook, Toby came, Toby Adams, that is, came and was like, I know you're not cooking, but I'm hungry and I'm going to pay you for this. And I think this was the first time that like I was offered um, payment for food. And then from there, a couple other people around campus started reaching out to me and things of that nature. So at this time, my four years are up. 
My family members are wondering why I haven't transferred out of the University of Houston after our one-year agreement. And I guess this might tie back to the cultural thing about moving around. But since I left Nigeria when I was, I guess, 10, I didn't have a lot of interaction with Nigerians outside of maybe my immediate family members. Like the school that I went to in Dubai, I was the only Nigerian person, probably only second black person in the whole school. When we were in China, in the entire neighborhood that we lived, we were the only black family there. <laughs> I have to tell you the story. There was one time where my me and my brother were, we were just getting tired and we we're like, oh, we don't have any friends. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, just go make friends. And we we're like, how are we going to make friends? She's like, well, go to the neighbor's house, knock on the door and say, ni hao, we've come to play. <laughs> Tell us, God, tell them, ni how we've come to play. <laughs> like, just out of nowhere, just a black young boy and young girl knocking on your door saying, we've come to play. Obviously, we did not do that. But the whole thing about me not transferring out of the University of Houston was, after all these years, right, I met so many Nigerians again. And I was like, wow, I've missed Nigerians. I've missed being around people that like know exactly what I've been through in terms of our culture, in terms of how we grew up and how we've lived. And that ultimately was like the reason why I didn't leave the University of Houston. There was just something that opened up and I was like, I love my culture. I miss this part of my culture. My family is pretty diverse, right? Like my mom's not fully Nigerian. So just been, I don't know, pretty, <laughs> pretty chill about our approach to like our Nigerianness, I suppose. So for me, this was a whole new world. So in addition to getting into Nigerian music again and meeting so many Nigerian people and going to a few Nigerian parties here and there, I was like, oh my God, I love cooking Nigerian food. I'm enjoying cooking these things that my mom used to make. I started cooking, learning about it and doing it well. And I think that was the point where my cooking actually became good. I was confident, you know, in the food that I was serving. And let me see. After that, I realized that I wasn't charging a lot. <laughs> I wasn't doing business, right? Because I didn't really have much business sense. But I pushed it aside after then. And I started teaching. I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to Teach for America. And I'm going to teach. I was coaching acting on the side already and I was like I might as well teach I thought I would just do Teach for America and be like okay I want to be a drama teacher or a theater teacher <laughs> but they were like nope this is a program for underprivileged kids and we only do core subjects math English science <laughs> you know social studies that's what it is so I was teaching math for two years and I loved it but ultimately I found myself cooking again on the side and after my two years, I had to make that decision like, okay, do I want to renew my contract and keep teaching or do I want to actually face what I'm truly clearly passionate about? And that was how I made the transition. Let's talk about All I Do Is Cook. Where did that idea come from? All I Do Is Cook came from a blog. It started as a food blog. That was all it was. I registered the blog in 2009. 15, but I didn't post anything on there. But one day, I actually tried to look for Niger food. Uh, went to like a restaurant, 
the food wasn't that great at customer service. It was bad that day. And I was so disappointed because I had to borrow my friend's car, Dio. Drove 40 minutes to Irving <laughs> and yeah, food was nothing to write home about. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just open the blog and then write about the recipes and that I'm making. But before that, really, I just started cooking and I'll post on Snapchat or I'll post on Twitter and my friends will like text me and be like, ah, send me the recipe. So I'll go type it up, iMessage, send it. Then I moved from iMessage to Notepad. I was like, hold on, I have a WordPress website. Let me just put those recipes on there so that I don't have to copy and paste. I can just send links to people. So, you know, that was how it started. After a while, you know, people started making these things and you see people on Twitter, on Snapchat, sending me pictures. Oh, I made this dish. And I was like, oh, wow, people are cooking the food that I'm cooking in my house. It was surreal just because, you know, I just felt I was just cooking to survive. I'm in grad school getting paid $8.50 an hour. I think the recipe writing thing and making food was like my distraction from a super, super packed schedule during my master's degree because oh my god when i look back i was in the mud <laughs> with my schedule then i started meeting new, more people via the recipes i actually met bethany through one of those recipes okay okay wait which one which of the recipes was it do you remember yeah it was this garlic butter shrimp recipe i think yep that was it I enjoyed that dish so much that I went on a campaign, like everybody has to make this thing and try it out. I think it tastes good. Let me not lie. Let me not lie. I did not follow that recipe fully. So if your head is swelling or you're thinking something, (laughs) I did not follow that recipe fully, just so you know. But I liked the idea of it. And I was actually super excited that a Nigerian guy was cooking like this and had this kind of like flavor palette, I guess. Yeah, right. Then, you know, I just started meeting some people and they're like, oh, you have this nice recipe. Can you cater my get-together, my house party? Then, you know, another person from that same party is like, oh, the food tasted good. It's nice. Can you do my birthday? And then it just kept spreading like that. There were people in Dallas, um, Tokumbo, Banke, Umi from Houston. You know, it went from just my friends and people I knew to them now telling their parents about it. And then there was this day one of the parents of one of the people I had catered for said, hey, we have this association barbecue thing. Can you come and make food for a hundred people? And I was like, wait, hold up. How did this get to this point? You know, at that point in time, I would get up my friend. Yo, bro, I have this catering gig, but I don't have money for it. Can you lend me $200, pay you back on Monday? So, you know, they'll pay me after the gig. And then I just kept flipping money like that. And it was fun making those things. And people would text me and be like, oh, it was so nice. So that was the transition from all I do is cook being just a food blog to being like a catering business. And then, you know, we just kept doing that. We started catering larger events. And at some point in 2018, beginning of 2018, somebody on the timeline was like, uh, how I wish I could get this. And this was somebody in Boston. And a couple of my friends would come into Dallas to like do stuff and they'll be like, yo, Toby, cook it for me. Let's meet up somewhere close to the airport. I'll pick it from you, put it in my luggage and travel with it. And then one of my friends came in, they had to throw it out at TSA. It was so sad 
there has to be like there has to be a better way to do this. And then a friend of mine in Oklahoma, I can't remember who it was right now, Lamedi or somebody, he said, you know what, you can ship it to me. And I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma is 30 minutes from Dallas. So, so we did it. I made the food, put it inside those glad containers with the red the cover, froze it over the weekend, put it in a box with like bubble wrap, bubble wrap, bubble wrap, and then shipped it out and i'm like oh yeah this can work i just kept doing it that way now looking back that was like the biggest gamble ever shipping food to my friends and just hoping it would get there but figuring out that so many people did not have nigerian restaurants or african stores in their whole city so they either had to drive two hours to another city to buy food and i'm like you know what how about you just ship the food you know, we did this consistently all through 2018, it's just my friends. But closer to the end of 2018, when I was like, you know, I need to take a break and chill because I was also, I just finished my master's at that point in time. A whole lot more people than I could imagine were wanting food shipped to them. So like it started with, oh, one box in two weeks. Then it went to like 11. It was just started getting really serious. So, you know, 2018, I was like, you know what? When we're going to start, we're going to start this and do this properly. I spoke to Oyinkan, who is our CTO now. And Oyinkan was like, you know, if you want to make this more efficient, get Google Forms, tell people to tell you what they want to order. They can pay, connect your PayPal. It was really scrappy. But, you know, one thing that has always been consistent about us is whatever we do, whatever we figure out, we always try to continue improving on it nonstop. Like, how can we make this better? Um, Registered the company as a business, LLC, all that stuff. So things got serious at that point. And, you know, we had a website, at least like two, three page website with a blog and then somewhere to place orders. And yeah, that was how it started 2019. We took in like our first, first order from a website. And yeah, we just kept doing it. And, you know, fast forward to today, that's where we are now. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Be sure to subscribe to Coffee and Banter wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss part two. Be good to yourself and to those around you.